We will never, ever, 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 ever give up. That's my motto. I may need to shorten it to fit it on a bumper sticker, but whatever. This is the Catriot Podcast. My name is Mark K, a.k.a. Catriot Commander. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on today. And I realize the podcast was a little late today, too, but I've been preparing for my big trip to Ohio to speak to the Mercer County GOP at their Reagan Day dinner, which is happening tomorrow night. I'm very excited about it. I've been working on some great new material. And, I, you know, it's so funny. I, everything I do, I look at the way comedians tend to look at it. So when they say we'd like you to give a keynote address, I immediately think, okay, I need some great jokes for this. And I sit down diligently and I work for a couple of weeks and I try to come up with the best jokes I can. And then I go, oh, you know what? It's a keynote. They probably want some concrete information or some kind of inspirational stuff, too. So I'll throw some ad in there, but only after I've done all my A material and I've really gotten the crowd juiced up. Plus, there's a bar. There's a cash bar. I always ask that question, too. That's very important. If you ever give a keynote somewhere, you need to make sure you ask the question, is there a bar? If it's open bar, that's a little, that's trouble. But if it's cash bar, that's good because that means that people are there. They'll have a few drinks in them. And anytime someone has a few drinks in them, they are, they find you to be a lot more entertaining than you probably are. I mean, hell, if I could just buy shots for everybody before my radio show started, it'd be amazing. But if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and have a beer or a glass of wine because you're going to really enjoy it uh, a lot a lot more. Anyway, so that's coming up tomorrow night. I'm very excited, and I'm going to be documenting it. I have a videographer that I hired, a guy in, who's in Dayton, and he's going to be joining me so we can I can bring you the whole experience. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I really... I'm excited for this for a couple of reasons. It's the first time I've spoken to a crowd really about about this topic. Uh, okay, that's a big lie. That's a lie. I just lied to you and I apologize. I've done it a couple times. Back in 2016, I spoke to a local Rotary Club. They had a breakfast, a bunch of dudes eating bacon and uh <laughs> it's better than a better that's better than a bunch of dudes eating sausage, I guess. But anyway, so uh, I'm at the Rotary Club. These dudes are eating their bacon and their eggs, and they're having coffee, and I'm talking to them. I'm telling stories. This was back when Herman was still around, and I was working with him. Uh, I didn't even – really, I think I just started my one-hour show, and maybe not. Maybe I was still just filling in for Herman. It doesn't matter. But uh, I was on. I was there, and I was talking about the politics and the upcoming election and Donald Trump, and I'd been to a couple of rallies. And some guy – at the end of it, there was Q&A, and some guy raised his hand. And he goes, Mark, tell me honestly, who do you think is going to win the election? And without hesitation, I said, Donald Trump. And they all went, come on, what? And I said, dudes, you don't even know. You haven't seen the excitement at the rallies. You haven't experienced the energy of all these people chanting USA, lock her up, build the wall. It was unlike anything I'd ever experienced in my life. And I've been to, you know, like rock concerts and, and you know, other places where uh, sp major sporting events where you think there'd be exuberance. Nothing matched the exuberance that I saw at the Trump rally. And so I told them this honestly, and they were like, whoa, we can't believe that's crazy. And then sure enough, he won. I was right. A few months later, one of these Deerwood bacon eaters uh, or one of these Rotary Club bacon eaters came up to me and said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but I asked you that question and you answered me and I thought you were an idiot. But now it clearly you knew something that the rest of us didn't. And I said, thanks. Um, and I never, and I was like, don't ever talk to me again. If you think I'm an idiot, what's wrong with you? I need to, I need to stay, hang out with smarter people. Just kidding. Um, so that anyway, so that's, uh, that's what I'm really excited about. That was the first time. The second time I got to introduce Donald Trump Jr. at the, um, at the, uh, the big event here. What was it called? America first or America's great or 
We Love America. I, I forget what it was called, but it was here in Jacksonville. It was the first one. And um, I got to introduce Donald Trump Jr. I spoke for about 10 minutes, and the crowd, again, was exci- just rip-roaring, excited to be there, knew w- what we needed for America, hung on my every word, laughed at all my jokes, and that really made me feel good. So, like I said, I'm excited now to have a full... 30, 40 minutes to discuss whatever it is that needs to be discussed in Mercer County, Ohio, uh, tomorrow night. So I was preparing for the trip, got to work a little later. It was also raining like cats and I was just nuts. It was like the sky was falling. So that's, but you're getting the podcast now. And that's one of the reasons I changed this from the pre-show podcast to just the Catriot podcast. Because again, if I say pre-show, have to get it out before the show, but if I'm running late or I oversleep or I'm hungover or all of the above then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not tied into any particular time. Uh, all right, let me talk about what I want to talk about today. And it's about all this censorship that's going on. The Babylon Bee and Twitter. This is something that fascinates me. The Babylon Bee and Twitter. And uh, this is something that we all run into as conservatives using social media, which is inherently liberal. There are different platforms that try to hide their political beliefs more than others. There are some that just blatantly blatantly show you their true colors um, from the get-go. Twitter is one of those. Twitter is probably, in my personal experience and what I've seen, the most liberal of all the social media networks. Facebook, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, and people think this is weird, in my personal experience, is a little, is probably one of the fairest. If they pull content or if they, if they, you know, take something down or if they demonetize, I've always been able to talk to somebody, connect with somebody, rationalize with somebody, argue with somebody, and have my decisions reversed, which I've never experienced on any other platform. YouTube has demonetized this several times. They've taken down content that they said was 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 um, factual, what was it? oh, misinformation, medical misinformation. One time, this is great, I had interviewed Rand Paul, who's a senator and who has been at the forefront of the COVID-19 uh, you know, a pandemic for the Senate ever since it started, Rand Paul is the guy that goes toe-to-toe with with Dr. Fauci. Rand Paul is the guy who knows more about COVID and the CDC and mask mandates and everything. He's also a doctor. This guy is the guy. And I interviewed him, and he called it. He literally said, if, if you want to get your channel canceled, I'll answer your question. And I said, go ahead. And he said, uh, masks don't work. And within two days, my that video was off of YouTube. He posted that same video on his YouTube channel. They took it off as well. Now the CDC has changed their guidance to show us, yes, indeed, masks don't work. YouTube, however, has not taken the strike off of my channel. Um, another time was when I posted a video of Ron DeSantis telling the kids behind him to take their masks off. Uh, and, you know, he said it was all political theater. And they took that down. I go, this is the governor of the state of Florida. It's not misinformation, but they didn't care. They My appeal was rejected. So... They're very liberal. Um, TikTok. I had my entire TikTok account removed. Just taken down. One day, I'm killing it on TikTok. I got conservatives everywhere. They're liking my stuff. They're all like, let's go, Brandon. Marquez the man. Trump 2024. And we're just, and we're TikToking and we're dancing and we're having a blast. And one day during the show, I go to like check, you know, my views. Boom, my account's gone. You've been permanently banned due to multiple violations of our terms and and conditions. Fun fact, never received one warning, never received one message of a a single violation, let alone multiple violations, uh, but arbitrarily I was removed from TikTok. Now, 
This brings me to what's going on with the Babylon Bee, for example. The Babylon Bee is still locked out of their Twitter account, and they refuse. They refuse to succumb to Twitter's mandate that they delete their own content. They say, this is ridiculous. You're being, you know, if you don't like the content, delete it yourself, but give us access back to our account. The fact that you're making us, you know, do this public mea culpa and delete the content so we can get back on Twitter is just, it's just... It's really medieval is what it is. It shows that they don't really care about the safety of people on their platform. They don't care about what content is uh, provided or published on their platform. They just care about being this dominating force and pushing their political views on everyone else. And that's exactly, that's 100% accurate. Their actions prove that. And the Babylon Bee is like, screw you, we're not going to, we're not going to delete that. So we're just going to be off of Twitter, I guess. Now, when TikTok threw me off or when YouTube threw me off, I thought to myself the same thing. Screw you. I'm just going to go on Rumble. I'm going to go on Getter. And we're on all of those places. It's a lot of work. I mean, dude, it's a lot of work. I got multiple people keeping up with my social media every single day. Uh, it's it's tough. But I've come to this realization that I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. I'm not the kind of person that is just going to let you tell me what to do. Rand Paul, for example, we agree on a lot of stuff. Most of the stuff that Rand Paul believes, I believe. Most of the stuff Rand Paul likes to fight for, I like to fight for. But there's one thing he said that I, I actually kind of disagree with. He said that we, if we all just left Twitter, Twitter would go under. So we should all just leave Twitter. If we all just left YouTube, YouTube would go under. So we, we all just need to leave. I disagree with that. First of all, I don't think these people would go over. They have so many users go under. They have so many users. They have so many advertiser dollars. They have so many crazy lunatic leftist investors that will keep them afloat just because. I don't think that they need us to stay afloat. It would be a much more boring place. But, you know, for example, if I left YouTube or if YouTube threw me off their platform, if I just said, you know what, I'm sick and uh, tired of the back and forth, I'm leaving, YouTube would be fine. I mean, they've got Mr. Beast. That guy makes them a billion dollars a year on his own. Uh, no, and, and I also don't like that for another reason. I'm not, I don't think that we should allow these companies to get away with it. For example, people, you know, remember when Donald Trump got thrown off of Twitter and that was a huge huge deal. That brought down a lot of people inside the company. I believe that was the beginning of the end of Jack Dorsey, the CEO. And the reason is because Donald Trump was the president of the United States, one of the most prolific and important Twitter users ever. And they took him down for strictly political reasons while leaving up other barbaric, tyrannical, murderous thugs, dictators, and leaders of other countries, ayatollahs and whatnot, across the globe, just because they solely did not like Donald Trump's politics. But the ayatollah in Iran, you know, uh, Taliban members and, and ISIS uh, terrorists who kill people for a living are totally free to post whatever they want on their platform. But Donald Trump can't say, uh, hey, guys, go home. Uh, leave the Capitol building right now. Uh, I love you, but it, the uh, you know it's time to go. That was the end of the road for them. They had to take down Donald Trump because it was just too, it was just too much. Well, that was over two years ago now, or a year and a, gosh, that was a year and a half ago now. So I, you know, it it kind of wanes. People forget about it. The Babylon Bee comes along. They post this. They post this very funny headline about um, about Rachel Levine, and all of a sudden they get blocked out of their account. It brings it back to the forefront. I think that there need to be people in all of these places: Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, 
Facebook, wherever the wherever the censorship and the liberal uh, bias is, there need to be people there to continue to take the hits, to take the you know the arrows, to get stabbed in the back, to have all of their hard work thrown out, to to cast the spotlight on how this is still a recurring problem. If we all just left, they'd be able to do and say and get away with whatever they want. But if some of us stay and continue to poke the beast and, you know, pick at the scab, then they're going to continue to react. And we, and until this problem is solved, until the bias is gone, and until they are, um, you know, politically unbiased and that conservatives and Democrats and liberals and socialists and whoever can all live in harmony on this platform without fear of retribution or cancellation or demonetization or, or whatever, uh, I think we need to stay and fight. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to just go someplace. Like, I love Getter, okay? I'm on Truth Social. Now it's fun. But I don't just want to be exclusive with conservatives. I don't just want to be in a place where it's all people like me. In fact, I kind of get off on going to a place where they don't want me. It's like Groucho Marx said. Groucho Marx was famous for saying, I refuse to join any club that would have me as a member. I'm the same way. If you're happy that I'm there, if you're like, come on in, Mark, bring your content. We're excited you're here. It's great. That's fine. But if you're like, you know, we don't like you. We don't want your kind here. We don't think that your quality, your content is realistic, or we think you're a liar, or we're going to suppress your information. We're going to make it very difficult for you to want to stay here. If that's the place I want to be. I don't know, maybe it's weird. Maybe I'm masochistic. Maybe I just have this weird thing. But if you're telling me I can't be somewhere, that's the place I want to go. And that's where I will spend my time. And that's why I started a new TikTok account. And that's why I uh, haggle back and forth with Facebook or Meta or whatever they're called today. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, I started a new YouTube channel. Now, I still have the old YouTube channel, the one where we would stream, the one with all the strikes, but I figured I'm not going to, I'm starting fresh. I'm going to continue to be a fly in their ointment. I'm going to continue to annoy the heck out of them, uh, and I'm going to do it in a way that is going to, and I'm going to do it in a way so that they can't come up with any reason to get rid of me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to monetize that channel, and I'm going to use all of that money to to create content on various other sources. I'm going to use the YouTube money that we make from our new channel to fuel content and fuel ideas and support conservatism, combative conservatism, conscientious conservatism, real, uh, you know, a constitutional conservatism everywhere else. Because I think that's what would really annoy YouTube, using their money that they give us to go spread conservatism elsewhere. Uh, that's my new goal. That's my new goal. That's how we're going to win. So here's what I want you to do. Go to YouTube because I started this brand new channel and it's so new. It doesn't even have like a vanity URL. Like literally it's not even 24 hours old. Uh, but if you go to YouTube and you type in calling all Catriots, calling all Catriots, K-A-Y-E-T-R-I-O-T-S, search that on YouTube and you'll see where we've created a new channel called Catriots. There's one video. Only one video is up there, and if you uh, if you find that video, watch the video, subscribe to the channel, and we're going to beat these bastards at their own game. And we're not leaving. I'm not leaving. You can leave if you want. It's your choice. Rand Paul can leave, Babylon B, whatever you guys want to do, but I'm not leaving. I am staying, and I am fighting. I am changing the game from within, and they can kick me out, and they can cancel me and demonetize me and tell me, and they can throw me in prison. They can do whatever they want to do. I'm going to keep coming back over and over again because that's how you win. I-M-H-O, in my humble opinion. Uh, YouTube, go there now. Type in 
um, calling all Catriots. Find the video. It's a black and white video. It's like 30 seconds long. Click it, watch it, subscribe to that channel, and then stay tuned for further updates. Thank you guys so much for listening. I got to get ready for the show. Then I got to go to Ohio. I got a lot of other stuff. I got to come up with YouTube content now again because I've been I've been putting that off. But uh, but keep listening to this podcast and uh, and keep fighting the good fight.